from Hong Kong's Top Story. This year, we are partnering with Hong Kong Free Press and Pen Hong Kong to run this annual short story competition, and we're accepting entries right now. This evening, you can hear the winning pieces from 2016. The story comes from Chao Jung Sing, the creative prize winner in the adult category. It's called The Sun and Moon on October 25th and is read by Adam Chung. On the 25th of October, my grandma passed away and I remember the sun felt peculiar. Sitting in front of a computer finishing up my essay, I received a call from an unknown number. It was my father calling with my cousin's mobile. Your grandma passed away just now. She left with peace, he said with expected calmness. I wasn't sure what to say, though the last few days I have been visiting my grandma at the hospital. We all had it coming, a bridge of silence between the two phones. So, should I come home and have dinner? I asked, initiating a conversation, wanting to make sure if he was truly calm. Perhaps I will hear him swallowing his tears. Yeah, come back for dinner, sometime. Be back at eight, he replied. Calmly, we said our goodbyes like every phone call, only to ask if I will be back for dinner. Some yeses and some noes without asking anything much. I hung up the phone and I looked around, only to see students buried in their keyboards, each type, each insert and backspace, counting down to a deadline for an assignment. Counting down and counting down. In that moment, Suddenly realizing the world simply does not stop for the death. Rather, death only accelerates life with a torturing speed. Death, somehow disguised as the teeth of a wheel, grinding your delicate face. And when death touches you, you mistaken that as the plain, polluted air. I walked out of the dim computer room only to be stung by the toxic sun. Where does the diseased go, for I have never heard Grandma said how she would imagine afterlife would be like, hence I could not equip myself with sufficient imagination. Instead, I stood still, gazing at the clouded sun from afar. I could only look at the peripheral halo and imagine my Grandma lingering there, watching me. I could not make sense of her rays, whether it is blessing my skin with warmth or roasting me with curses. Like they say, I wish she is now in a better place. A silent, better place where her life story is played backwards. Each second, each frame, counting up, counting up. Every frame only to celebrate and commemorate her once infinite youth. Her vitality will soothe her wrinkles and her loosened skin. The dark freckles on her cheeks will undo themselves and burn brighter than the sun that I was staring. The sun ray stung me again and brought me back to my presence. I paused to ponder if she is the sun or just the toxic dust shrouding it, blocking my vision. The traffic light turned to a neon green, signaling me to walk towards the metro station heading home. The metal gate was left half open for better ventilation. I knocked on the gate, peeking through the slanted crevices. Some dishes were already served. The dinner table was just next to the door. 
We had a tiny yet self-sufficient flat. I'm coming. Wait a second. My father talked shouted from the kitchen. I heard a bunch of vegetables scented a heated walk. The sizzling sounds quickly silenced by the moisture and steam it released. My father opened the gate. I had my greetings to my father. Suddenly recalling my grandma lectured me on mannerisms while twisting my ear. I stole a quick glance on my father's expression to see if my greeting to him had induced any sadness. It was just his stern, ordinary expression. He quickly drew his back to the kitchen. The vegetables were burning. It was a dinner for two. My father and I. I sat on my usual spot readily as my father landed the final dish: stir-fried broccoli with beef slices. Served together with a dish of tomatoes, scrambled eggs with chopped spring onion dices, three little dishes for two person, just enough. I turned on the TV and switched to the cooking show. We started eating, never critiquing my father's cookery. We just eat while we watched the competitors of the cooking show produce their delicate dishes within an hour limit, but condense into a five-minute dose of screen adrenaline. I scooped a little mountain of rice into my mouth together with some scattered pieces of scrambled egg, pretend it was the delicate dish I was tasting. Every dinner we had to turn on the TV, let the judges mercilessly commentary, override and fill up the silence between the two of us. It has almost been an agreed strategy between us to not to talk about life or anything in general. There's an old Chinese saying: "No speech and eat, no talk in sleep." A Chinese virtue of keeping silence. But the TV was loud. But my grandma passed away today. How can I succumb to this silence anymore? His back turned against me, with his bowl in his hand, eating with the television. I could not see his face. Was he grieving, mourning, or was he like me, trying to make sense of death? The TV screen glitched for a brief second, creating a momentary gap of silence. I envisioned the ghostly spirit of my grandma return and joining us for dinner. Her blurry limbs now charged by the exact silence that conjured her. She sat across me, silent like the no-name women wielding her chopsticks in mid-air, asking me to return her voice and story. She became only visible to me, staring at me. She signaled me to ask my father, "You've never told me anything about Grandma, really." That was not technically a question, but a confrontation birthed from fear. I was suddenly aware of my crudeness for catching my father off guard. I just assume you know, like you feel things. He quickly responded. I could feel, but only of him shutting out any unnecessary conversation. He pushed a few buttons on the remote. The TV howled louder. My grandma's gaze set dead on me, her mouth murmuring something. In weak emotion, I could not read her dead lips, but I knew she wanted more from me, more from my father, more from her son. I know, but how were you raised? Did something happen? I pursued. Only saying this, I realized I had nothing but a blank page, not even a random scribble of my father's history. He did not stop eating. He then told me a brief story without stopping, not to give it any unwanted weight or moral. Your grandma lived a double life. To the four children, she is the dragon lady, but the quiet, subservient wife to your grandpa. 
The fact that me being the eldest boy in the household directly puts me into the role of succession. Your grandparents gave me most of their resources, education, travel. Even later, when your grandpa died, he passed on the fabric company to me. It was the most reasonable thing to do. In a Chinese kind of way, speaking, the other siblings' resentment and jealousy grew throughout the years. Hated me for being the eldest son, for having taken up most of the resources. He quickly summarized, then swallowing a mouthful of rice, continued eating. Your aunties and uncles are crazies, especially your auntie Kun. Even back in the days when girls were not allowed to go to school, I remember your grandpa still tried sending her for education, but she messed up. She didn't cherish what was given to her, and later dropped out of school, and grew more hostile and distant from the family. She got an accountant job, married someone, but divorced three months after they moved in together. She's been single ever since, and she blames everything on me, just like your uncle. After Grandpa died, they fought like dogs over your Grandpa's will and heritage. Bunch of crazies. Do you think? You are part of the reason for making Auntie Kun the way she is. The question rushed through my lips. Part of my mind immediately regretted asking. I was also enthralled because at last I am restoring history from my oblivious childhood, a hungry void, finally being fed at last. My father hesitated with a look of surprise. Why should I feel guilty? I said she has messed up. Your mother and I have always kept your crazy aunts and uncles away. There was simply no need to know or to make contact with such people. My father quickly drew distance. I wanted to keep asking, but suddenly aware myself almost interrogating my father on the dinner table for answers he was trying to hide. Perhaps I was still too young to comprehend. I became the interrogator I once feared of becoming. I wanted to ask if he thinks Grandma and Pa were good parents, or does he think of himself a good father? Though truth at times hurts, but when you set it aside and leave it be, the wound would no longer hurt, but stings you with immense curiosity—a confused curiosity torn between healthy mourning and pure melancholia. Was I doing the right thing? To fix the incurable history, to look at the other side of the story and return their voices, or am I trying to befriend with the ghosts and enemies, or to simply destroy this peaceful silence between what is distant and me? I wanted to stop asking myself. After picking up the plates and the leftover food, I tied the black apron around my waist while having a good look on the dirty dishes, almost admiringly. Through the stained pan and wok, one could have guessed what was served at dinner. Don't get me wrong; I rather enjoy washing dishes for its therapeutic reasons. I had a clear memory of my mother holding my hand, getting gunk blocking the water. She said, "Every dirty thing can be cleaned." As now I see the bubble of water creating a gentle swirl. Strangely, I always relate washing dishes with my gay identity, the common gay jargon. It gets better. Equates to my mother's lesson, as if to agree being gay is dirty. To my family, it indeed is. This dirty big secret stained the plates with red ketchup, yellow mustard, green celery chunks left unconsumed, wasted, swirling in the bubbly water. 
I put my hand in the greasy water and perched the blockage into the thin plastic bag with subtle disgust. For I have a secret story that's been shackled by the white noise of the cooking show, waiting to burst out in any moment with pride. It then transformed into a pickle side dish served along the dishes as a topic of concern, of love, and of friendship. Yet I could only see them flushed to the waist by my own hands, using the wire brush. Scrubbing the pot with brutal force, will truth ever be revealed to me? Will my story ever be revealed, told and retold to my children, to my closest ones? I thought to myself. The blurry silver moon hung low through the wide kitchen window, yet I saw the sun. My grandma was there, tracing the outlines of the globe, veiled by a silver silky fog. She's gained her voice and intelligence over the moon and incarnated as a silent warning. Her gray fog danced a riddle for me to guess. No more guessing, Grandma. What's the answer? What is your moral you are teaching? I untied the black apron and hung it on the back of the door, only to see my father napping on the couch in the living room, possibly dreaming. What was he dreaming about? Seeing the edge of his lips motioning, I couldn't stop myself to wonder if he was haunted by grief. I realize I have always been asking myself these questions. They have at last reemerged and broke the water surface. But at the same time, I have so many prepared answers to be questioned, to be revealed. That was Adam Chung reading the story by Chow Jung Sing, the Creative Prize winner of Hong Kong's Top Story 2016 in the adult category.